Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Welcome, everyone. Um, it's great to see you. Welcome to those of you who are um, online. Um, uh, great to have you here if you're here for the first time. Uh, we are um, doing something a little bit different tonight, and I'm, I'm sitting down because I am... I, combination, don't worry, it's my friend Thomas, he's a legend. Um, uh, we are tonight going to do something a little bit different, and um, uh, I guess um, the reason I'm sitting down, so that's what I was talking about, is, is I've been speaking all day, literally non-stop since morning across different locations, so I just basically, because I'm an old man, I need to sit down, or else I'm going to fall over. Um, uh, we, uh, heads up, next week we're looking at our kind of vision as a church, as our vision series, and it's going to be amazing. We've got um, lots of excitement to share, but things have got a little bit disrupted along the way, and um, sometimes disruption happens. We're all used to disruption. Um, you know, we've lived through some of the biggest disruption, well, in our lifetime, certainly, but in kind of modern era, um, what's been happening the last few years, the pandemic and various things. So um, what I want to talk to you tonight about is... Um, hungering for a move of God in our generation. And that may sound very religious, but I'm going to explain as we go. And the reason I want to talk to you about this tonight is um, just over three weeks ago, on the 8th of February, a group of students at a university um, chapel service in a little town called Asbury in Kentucky stayed behind at the end of a chapel service, uh, 19 of them, and they lingered in a room about this size and um, prayed and worshipped. Over the period of about an hour, the presence of God just began to fill the place they were meeting in. Uh, spontaneously, students started to flock to the chapel and the worship didn't stop. They carried on worshiping. Uh, within a few hours, hundreds of young people, mostly under the age of 24, kind of classic Gen Z, uh, showed up and um, worshiped and prayed day and night for two weeks. Uh, the presence of God came, the whole thing kind of blew up. And because God is a secret that can't be kept, uh, people started to show up. Now, Asbury is a tiny town on the outskirts of Lexington, Kentucky. Anyone been to Lexington, Kentucky? Two of you. I've been to Lexington, Kentucky as well. Um, within about 10 days, Asbury was um, hosted around 100,000 people from all over the world. Uh, it has one coffee shop. <laughs> so on Google Maps... When you looked at Google Maps, the traffic lines in every direction for about 20 kilometers were solid red, meaning the whole place had just gridlocked. And online, literally hundreds of millions of people watched what was happening with great excitement, with intrigue, with like what's going on. Uh, they think probably half a billion people tuned in um, or impressions were made on social media. Out of interest, if you followed any of what's been happening on Asbury, just raise a hand if you, it's there. Okay, so a bunch of us have seen that. Now, if you haven't, don't worry. <laughs> You're not like, oh, I've just, have I missed something? Um, but our friend John Tyson, who, who preached here at Renaissance and is a, is a friend, um, said this, and I thought it was helpful. Um, he said, one of the greatest moves of God in our generation so far has just happened. Uh, on Friday, just gone, the New York Times called it the first great religious revival of the 21st century. Now, I'm always naturally cautious about these kind of things. Now, I've grown up um, with not a Christian faith. I grew up kind of in a sort of, you know, I became a Christian when I was 19 years old in 1995. 
um, 18 years old, sorry, 1995, and um, in the midst of a, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that sort of starred in a place in Toronto, an airport vineyard church, and sort of swept around the world, really. And that was the last time I think we've seen a real move of power in the church in our generation. And I've read, I've studied, you know, theology, and I've read about awakenings, the Great Awakening, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, Third Great Awakening. You read about things like the Lewis Revival in the Hebrides, the last revival to hit the UK, um, just in the post-war years, where um, the power of God came on a little community, and I've been there in the, in the Isle of Lewis, where there's not much in the Isle of Lewis, but men would be in the fields just spontaneously dropping to their knees, repenting. Uh, God kind of showed up there. And I'm quite naturally cautious people talk about revival uh, because, well, I'm quite skeptical about things. I, will, I like to test things out. You know, I'm a good student of logic and reason, and, you know, I believe that it's important to sort of be not too, you know, over-emotional about things and get too kind of excited. Um, and you might be the same. You might, I'm talking about um, a kind of awakening tonight. You might think, well, hang on a minute. Why are we talking about this? Um, but again, as another friend, Pete Gregg, has said, and I like this, he said about this, I'd rather be gullible than cynical. I'd rather that we are gullible and think, oh, well, that was a, that we, got, we got fooled than cynical. Of course, it's, it's really important to sort of be um, you know, wise and, and thoughtful about this. But there are a couple of reasons why my ears pricked up when I heard that there was some sort of outpouring of the Holy Spirit happening in Asbury, Kentucky. Um, the first is that I've been to Asbury. Uh, I've got friends in Asbury. Asbury is a little theological college. Imagine sort of um, like a village on the outskirts of Cambridge or Oxford. It's like a kind of, Lexington is a big town. Asbury is a tiny town. 6,000 people live in Asbury uh, in, in a village called Wilmore, the, the kind of town of Wilmore where Asbury College is based. And in that college, um, it's a kind of university town. There are two colleges. There's an Asbury University. It has about 2,000 students. And Asbury Seminary. Uh, Asbury Theological College, which has about 1,500 to 2,000 students, again, mostly kind of training for church leadership. It's a church planting center. Uh, they're an amazing place. And, and about 20 years ago, I had the privilege when I was in my mid-20s of going and leading worship at, at this place, Asbury, this chapel that has been involved at the center of this whole thing. Um, and uh, I was at, at doing an alpha conference with Sandy Miller and Nikki Gumbel, and I was the kind of, I was in my, I think I was in my early 20s, maybe more than 20 years ago, um, and I led worship and, you know, saw a lot of the people who were involved behind the scenes and what was going on there. Um, so Asbury's familiar to Liv and I. We've got friends there. We know them. They're pretty solid. They're pretty kind of not prone to kind of over-enthusiasm. Uh, they're just like good, 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 solid people. That's the first thing. Second thing was uh, earlier in the month on the 3rd of February, and this is a bit personal, and you may think I'm mad when I tell this story, but I was... Um, putting my phone to bed, as I hope you do each night. I was like, my phone does not sleep with me. I'm putting my phone to bed. And I was just like checking that I hadn't missed anything important on internet, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And for some reason, I ended up in this sort of rabbit hole where I ended up watching some YouTube clip of a college band leading worship in a university in America. I uh, don't even know where it was. I can't remember what the song was. And but what happened was this. As I was watching this YouTube clip of some college kids leading worship... Um, the presence of God began to come on me. And again, I'm not one of these guys who's like walking around constantly like a sort of Holy Spirit lightning conductor. If you've known me and you hung out with me, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not sort of like one of those guys. I'm just, you know, figuring it out. Uh, but I felt a real sense of the 
presence of God come and fill me. And in fact, I found myself weeping, which again, I'm not prone to over-emotionalism. Um, and I had to get out of bed and go down to my living room. And for about three or four hours, I was on my knees just worshiping and my heart was being broken. I was like, wow, something is happening. These bunch of college kids in America. So much so that in the morning when I woke up, I emailed Kaz, the worship pastor here at Saint, who's you know, like in her mid-20s. I did a kind of like, um, hey, Kaz, I feel God is really on this song. I don't know what's going on with these bunch of college kids in America, college kids in America but we need to pay attention to this. And Kaz was like, wrote me this like, like, hey, boomer, dear dad, email back. <laughs> like, like, thanks so much, Al. You know, she was great. She was like, thanks so much, Al. I'll totally pray about it. You know, add it to the list for consideration. Um, but that was the end of the matter. And then five days later, I heard about the Holy Spirit beginning to move much of these college kids in America. And I was like, no, hang on a minute. My interest had been kind of peaked. And over the past couple of weeks, we've watched with a mixture of kind of cynicism, skepticism, hunger, you know, a kind of attitude of like, God, if you're doing anything, we, we, want, to, we want to be the first in the queue. We want to find out what, what you're doing. And then um, we've started to talk about it with friends and watch what's happening. And 10 days ago, in response to an invitation to come and visit by some of the leaders there, um, we decided to kind of send a little team from here. So in the end, um, it was just Steve Opie and I. Steve leads our Leighton location. We jumped on a plane earlier in the week. We left um, on Tuesday morning to head out and spend some time with the, the kind of guys who I've known for 20 years behind the scenes and like watch what was happening and see what we could learn. And I guess my feeling was, well, first we wanted to be invited. We didn't want to just go as like kind of spiritual tourists. Um, we wanted to like, like honor what God was doing there because it got kind of crazy by the weekend. The, the city had to be shut down. And so it was like, you couldn't get in there. And they were like, no, definitely come. You know, there are a lot of people who are behind the scenes who've been praying. We've known for a very long time. And um, I had this kind of sense from Matthew 15 when Jesus is with the Canaanite woman, if you know that parable. She's a kind of, um, she's a, a, an outsider in the kingdom of God. And she comes to Jesus and says, would you heal my daughter? And Jesus says, no, hang on a minute. This is for the people of Israel. The bread is for the people of Israel. And she says, well, Lord, surely the crumbs that fall from the table, you know, I'll take those. And that kind of attitude of like, if there are crumbs, we want it. Now, I've been in Hackney for seven years, and I know there's a generation here who are hungry for God. And if there are crumbs, I'll take them. Like, I'll, we'll go for that. Um, and, and I guess my, my deal is this. As a leader of this church, I haven't got it all sorted. I haven't got any more of a hotline to God than you. But my job is this, to love you into what Jesus is calling you to be. And if that means picking up the crumbs from someone else's table, if it's going to help us connect with God, then we'll do that as a church community. And also, like, I kind of feel if there's like a 1% chance that God's on the move, I want in, right? You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's a little bit of a chance that God might be doing something. I want to be part of it. And I don't mind being like accused of being over-enthusiastic. That's the, the last thing I care about being accused of being. So what I'm going to do tonight is a bit different to a normal kind of sermon. We'll, we have Vision Sunday next week. We'll share a bit about where we're heading in the future. But what I want to do tonight is two things. It's a bit of a show and tell. I want to tell you a little bit of what I've seen over the last week in Asbury, Kentucky. And I want to share a little bit of what I think we can learn um, early days. We, we're figuring it out. But what I think, um, I guess how I think we need to respond tonight. Is that all right? 
Are you guys up for that? Let me pray as we begin. Jesus, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, forever. We thank you that you go where you're wanted. And we pray tonight you'd open the eyes of our hearts that we might see you. Jesus, come and fill this place with your love. Be on the throne of our hearts. Fill your people tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Come and revive us. Amen. I'm going to read to you from uh, the book of Psalms. And don't worry, I haven't kind of prepped the guys at the back with this. Um, but um, it's Psalm 24. If you have a Bible with you, if you want to turn to Psalm 24, you can follow along. If not, just listen along. Psalm 24 of David says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, the King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Please, um, uh, it's great the lights have gone out. I can see you now. Can you still see me? Is that okay? No, you can't see me. Okay, we'll try, we'll try and bring you. Oh, there you go. That's it. Okay, don't worry. I quite enjoyed not having any spotlights. It's good. Um, oh, <laughs> it's great. This is not, this is not the Holy Spirit. I think it's just the lighting board crashing. Don't worry, guys, just leave it alone. Switch it off, it's fine. Um, five things that I saw in Kentucky and three things that I think we can learn or we want to start doing as a church community in response. The first thing I saw was honesty. Honesty. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. In other words, God already knows who you are. God knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in your journal, if you have one. He knows what's in your internet browser history. He knows what's in your darkest secrets. He knows who you are. You belong to him. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. And that either is one of two things, either terrifying or deeply reassuring. And let me assure you, it's the latter, that you are known and loved by God. What I saw in Kentucky was um, people coming as they are and a kind of deep brokenness. You know, we have been through a lot. The younger you go, the more pain you've experienced the last few years. If you're in your early 20s or in your teens, like some of you are here tonight, you have had a really hard few years. And what I saw is just these kids who are so broken, just coming and meeting with Jesus. And it's kind of ruined me. And I promised myself I wouldn't cry. I've been crying all day. It's been terrible. I went out for dinner with friends last night, and they were like, how was your week? I was like, ah. <laughs> I'm ruined because I saw Jesus meet with broken people.
And it resonated with me because we've had it rough in East London. When I first got here, the first, one of the first services I led was a funeral for a teenager, and it broke me because I was like, I can't, I, I don't know how to do this. There's no, like, there's no answer but Jesus. And there was this sense of brokenness that I haven't experienced for a long time. And like Psalm 51 says this thing, like God is desiring a broken and contrite heart. If you feel like that tonight, um, if you feel, experience the measure of brokenness, um, let me encourage you that Jesus says, come as you are. He's good. He loves you. He's not afraid of your mess. And that's what we saw at Asbury, is just people coming with all their mess, particularly young people. Second thing was, was a sense of humility. This thing has been marked by like proper confession and repentance, like proper repentance. It says in Psalm 24 again, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and pure heart. When we got to Asbury, Steve and I parked up the hire car. Uh, we made a mistake with the hire car. We got like the budget version. They said at the checkout desk, do you want to get like expensive, like $20 more, you can get the SUV. We got like the tiniest car and we literally nearly died on the way there. On these, in America, they drive these huge cars. So we got to Asbury, we were already pretty much a wreck because we were like, we'd driven this tiny car that felt like a mini and this like road with like these huge cars like going past us. We got to Kentucky, parked up this tiny car and um, we walked onto the campus of this university and I think picture like, like a little tiny town, like out of something like Back to the Future, like white picket fences, pretty like colonnades, like one coffee shop, like mom and pop store, like people just hanging out. And as I walked across the kind of the campus towards the university, I began to experience this real sense of, oh, there's something different here. There's a peace about this place. And actually I started to feel quite um, like aware of my own sin. And it's a really strange feeling. But I had a bit of awe. I was like, I can't just go and jump into the deep end with this thing. I need to go and repent of some stuff. So we actually took the afternoon before we went anywhere near the kind of meeting place. The guys were like, hey, come. Like, there's a, there was a, like queues for days. And they were like, no, because we would love you to come and pray for people, come and hang out. So we were like going to slip in. And I was like, we are not ready to do that. We have to go and get right with God. And so Steve and I went and we, um, we sat in this um, like little room in the theology library over the road. And we just started to read the Bible together and pray Psalm 51 and like um, repented of stuff and just had time with Jesus. And I honestly felt it's only one of two times in my life I felt this. If I don't repent, I might die. That was what it was like. I thought I've got to take God seriously in this moment. And so we kind of read out Psalm 51 together. And then we thought, okay, we've, we've humbled ourselves. Let's go to church. Let's go to church. We walked in and gloriously, like, familiar. Like, honestly, it felt like walking to a service here. Songs, worship team, like, a little bit ropey, nothing too impressive. No, like, fancy production. Um, just a bunch of kids leading worship and people singing. And... I could tell people are really engaged. It was like, don't get me wrong, it was like something was going on there. But I wasn't like, have I come all the way to Kentucky for like this? I, I was like gloriously like, like unimpressed. I sat down um, in one of the rows and I sat there for about an hour. And after about an hour, I began to feel a sense of the presence of God. Like I've never felt 
in a long, long time. And it was a little bit like um, it just turning the volume up on, on, on a radio. I could, just, I could just sense that Jesus was there. And I began to kind of weep. And then this kid stood up at the front and said, hey, we're going to kick off. They hadn't even started the meeting. It was like, we're going to kick off and um, uh, we're, we're going to start by, we need to get our hearts right, we need to repent. I'm going to read Psalm 51. And Steve and I were like, wow, you know, Psalm 51. And we got on our knees and prayed it again. But it was a sense of the presence of God. There was no... Um, like noise or very gentle. There was no big egos or leaders coercing or claiming it for themselves. There was no one really leading anything. It was, you'd really struggled to still know who was involved stewarding it. It was looked after, it was stewarded really well. But this sense of the presence of God. Now, honestly, if that doesn't mean anything to you, what I want you to imagine is like your craziest, like if you've done Alpha, the Alpha weekend moment, that person in the group you're praying for is like wrecked by the Holy Spirit and you get the tissues out and they're like, they have an amazing experience. Take that and dial it up so the whole room is experiencing that. That's what it was like. It was like just Jesus meeting people and particularly young people. And repentance was really key to humility. Repentance is actually the heart of humility. You can't be, you can't get there without repentance. And so one of the things that's been really challenging for me as someone who leads this community is I've had to um, try and learn how to repent again. I'm really not good at repenting, it turns out. You know, I, I say confession quite a lot and I lead services, and, but I'm really not good with repentance. I, I'm, maybe it's because I'm British and I've been to public school where for a long time they conditioned me to make sure I hid my emotions and presented a bit of a front. Um, but something in me is broken a little bit. And I wanted to kind of say tonight, I'm really sorry I haven't led you well on this. I, as a leader of the church community, I haven't prayed well. You know, for the last six years, we've been running on a lot of energy and a lot of vision. But we need to come back to Jesus and run on him. And so this is my resignation speech tonight in the sense that, you know, we need to lead saint together. It's not going to be me leading saint. It's going to be Jesus leading saint. And I'm really sorry that it, it, we haven't got there so far. And could we do it together? Could we, could we walk in that place together? That makes sense. In Romans chapter 2, it says this, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance there wasn't a sense of judgment in the room. There was a sense of the love and kindness of Jesus, the same sense of love and kindness that's actually here tonight, that Jesus is good and he's kind and he's here for you. Lots of like crazy stories of people walking in and meeting Jesus, like people getting saved, like people who have no idea about what was going on, like stopping the traffic and walking in and we'll hear loads of stories in the future. And actually we begin to see those stories in the last few months. I've noticed here each week I meet someone at church who's come to know Jesus, who's coming forward and, and in a sense it's quite familiar what we experienced in Asbury, it was just a bit, little bit louder. I mean, in a sense the volume was turned up. What was beautiful is there was no like big preacher or big worship leader uh, there was just a sense of the love of God leading something. There were like people who turned up. There was like a famous worshiper who turned up at one point and said, I'm here to help if you need my help in a really nice way. And the guy who was like running it, it was a professor in the theology faculty, looked at the stage and it was like five or six, like 19, 20-year-olds with like slightly out of tune guitars, singing slightly out of tune, like they didn't know the chords, they weren't, and they looked this like, 
And they were like, I think we've got this all right. Like, looked at the room, unbelievably full of the power and presence of God. And they're like, I think we've got, I think they're doing great, (laughs) you know? And that was kind of cool. It's not going to be, the next generation are not hungry for celebrity Christians, right? There's only one celebrity, it's Jesus. So that's what we're hungry for. There was a theologian, John Paul Lotz, who went from Regent University, and he observed the event, and he wrote this, and I thought it was amazing. He said, there's no leader, no rival, no envy, no pride, all humility, meekness, gentle hearts, stumbling sinners, tender students serving, thousands of curious visitors in their love for mercy. Without knowing it, they are doing it so. It was so legit. Gen Z write-offs are graciously allowing us to peek in on the surprising work of God as they serve us like priests, unconsciously dragging us into the presence of the Lord through young, redeemed, romantic hearts for God. Christ is being honored, God is being glorified, and the Spirit is at liberty. I was like, that's the kind of church I want to be part of. And what I want to say particularly to the younger people here tonight, if you're like under the age of 24, 25, like you, you, you totally have to understand that this is not a moment for you to sit around and wait for old guys like me to commission you. This is your thing. You actually need to step up and start leading this. If you're in your 20s, honestly, the rest of us are here to kind of create an umbrella for you to be brave. And I want to encourage you tonight. Some of you here tonight, um, you need to get, get with this, like get on your knees with this because it's for you. It's not for me. We'll cheer you on. But I honestly believe this is, this is a moment for you guys. Um, another thing that with humility was a total lack of hype. There was like n- nobody trying to like do anything particularly well. In fact, there was a lot of like not doing hype, deliberately choosing not to do hype. And I think that's something we've lost a little bit and we need to get back to. And it's going to be awkward and a bit messy. And if you're here for a show, you're going to be gloriously disappointed in the months ahead. But if you're here for Jesus, you might be surprised. Third thing that um, I noticed was a real hunger, like a deep hunger. And it says that in Psalm 24, such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. There was this kind of crazy lingering that you can't really describe or you can't programatize. It's not like now we're going to wait on the Lord we live in this culture that's so ADHD and it's like way of interacting. There's like, you know, I have an Apple watch that tells me when stuff is going on. Like, this is like not helpful for my attention span. Um, we have this culture where we are addicted to notification of what's happening in the world. What I saw there was Jesus has so wrecked a whole bunch of young people, there wasn't a phone in the room. No one had their phones out, apart from like the boomer pastors at the back filming it to show their youth pastor. It was crazy. Like, honestly, that's something we need to take note of. This hunger for God. I met one young lady called Riley, who's 19 years old. She's a freshman at university there. And on the day that this started to happen, on the 8th of February, she was in a class. Her friend messaged her, said, you will not believe what's going to get yourself to chapel right now. She came to chapel and she said she could not leave. Riley was in there day and night for four days on her face. She went and got her mattress and dragged it into the hall. She like got takeaway delivered by her friends. She like hardly ate. She slept. She like was in there four days and four nights on her knees worshiping God 
And we experienced, Steve and I experienced this slightly crazy thing. Like we, um, we were in there for hours and we didn't really feel like we were there for five minutes. I looked at my watch one point, it's like, we've been here for like five or six hours. It's like when you're with Jesus, time slightly stops. And um, that, that what, what I had was this deep hunger and I still have this kind of ruinous hunger for God that has slightly messed up stuff. And I think hunger is something you need to take seriously. You know, when you need food, your body will tell you before you're hungry that your brain needs to tell you you're hungry. That's your body identifying the need for food. Before you become hungry, your brain will identify need. I sense in the body of Christ and for us as a church, we know that there's need right now. What we need to know is that we can do something about that. We can go to Jesus, who is the bread of life and receive from him. So notice your own hunger. Get hungry for Jesus again. He's going to meet you. And then the fourth thing I noticed was holiness, like deep, burning holiness, a purity that I've not seen in the church in our generation before. Psalm 24 says, lift up your heads, O you gates, the king of glory may come in. On the one level, it was very calm when you sat there in that room. It wasn't anything particularly dramatic going on, but there was this deep sense of purity and love, the kindness of Jesus, the holiness of God. But over the chapel, the words at the back say, holiness unto the Lord. That's like the kind of sort of writing on the wall, literally. The worship was extraordinary, but totally like messy, pretty like, 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 like the same songs we sing. But the people came with this holiness, this desire to meet with God, that you would, like, it, it meant that the worship just went on and on and on. Like the day and night around the throne in heaven right now, the angels go, holy, holy, holy. We saw a little glimpse of that. And I think we need to take that seriously. We've begun to see in our worship times, if you've noticed over the last few weeks, something that is changing. God has already begun to do some of this stuff in us here. This sense of, like at the 11 o'clock service this morning, before I got up to speak about any of this stuff, it wasn't planned. No one knew I was going to share about this. God literally hijacked the worship. And I, I don't know what happened earlier, but I was in Shoreditch. But I've been hearing all day that the worship has been like not, it's like moving from being led by the platform to being led by the people. And that's, that's the idea. You're in charge of the worship. In fact, Jesus is in charge of the worship. That's the Holy Spirit leading us. And I had this sense of the holiness of God that made me do two things. One, to say, wow. And the other to say, whoa, wow is Jesus, woe is me. And I want you to take note of that, that, that God might be calling us back to holiness in this generation. Charles Finney said this, a revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. The fifth thing I noticed was hope. <laughs> hope. You know, we need hope in our generation, don't we? Yeah, the headlines are, are not good. The data has been hard. The planet is in a mess right now. But Psalm 24 says this, they who ascend the hill of the Lord, pure, pure hands, clean hearts, the king of glory comes in this little line and says they will receive blessing from the Lord. In other words, God is going to bring good things in this moment. It's a friend called J.D. Wool, and uh, uh, he's one of my favorite people. I haven't seen him, but I hadn't seen him for 20 years, or about yeah, 15, 20 years. And J.D. Wool is from the deep south. He's a theologian, a pastor, um, and 
I saw it and we caught up and he was sitting in a rocking chair as you do in Kentucky, rocking backwards for us. I said, JD, what, what's the most exciting thing about what's going on? And he kind of looked for ages and like, like chuckled and chuckled and chuckled with laughter. And he said this and I read it down. He said, before this, we were hopeful. Now we have hope. <laughs> he was like, we've got hope. And he roared and roared with laughter. And I saw it like there's actual hope. Like the, the generation that this started with are what are called the knowns. They have no religion. Like the census data you'll know from this country. This is like the least religious generation, Gen Z, in history. This is the generation that God has started this thing with. And it's spread like wildfire through the colleges in the US right now. That is hope. That is hope. That is good news. Jesus is alive. He's on the move. And what started in a funny little tiny town outside of Lexington, Kentucky, in a theological college with white picket fences and like neat rows of chairs and like preppy people wearing chinos, wandering around with badges saying, hi, my name is Chad, kind of thing, has exploded into colleges around the world. Hundreds of nations, hundreds of, of churches have started to see God move in the same way. And without any hype, without anybody kind of doing anything or... You know, it's just good. And I feel really hopeful. Um, the outpouring in Asbury has ended brilliantly. They've said, actually, you know, we've done nearly three weeks of this now. We need to get back to doing ethics and Greek and, like, sociology. We've got a university to run. So they, the students are right. They're carrying on doing lots of cool stuff. Loads of people have come to faith. Um, but they've said, look, deliberately, we want to send this out now. So they prayed for... On Thursday, National Collegiate Day of Prayer, all these campuses across the universities across America, 200 of them, carry this, take this, go. Churches from around the world. Um, and they've been praying for us. And that's been amazing. The guys who've been behind this have just been like, one of the guys, Zach, who was the guy who preached the talk that kicked off the revival. He said, I, I preached this terrible talk. He texts his wife saying, it was another stinker, babe. I'm coming home. You know, nothing happened. It was like a terrible talk by his account. And he like prayed and like went off and expected to like nothing to happen. And that's what triggered this whole thing. It kicked off the presence of God. And he said to me, he said this thing, he said, Al, rub us blind. Take the kitchen sink. Like this is for you guys at Saint. This is for you guys as a church. Like churches all around the world right now are, are breathing an oxygen of hope because Jesus is winning his church back in this moment. And so my prayer is not for um, a, a kind of revival here like we've seen there. That's kind of pointless. My prayer in this season is that we would meet Jesus like never before. You know, someone said this, and it's great. If you seek revival, you'll just end up with disappointment. If you seek Jesus, you'll get revival along the way as well. And that's what we want. We want Jesus in this moment. So that's what I saw. And the next question is, how do we respond as a church community? Well, I, I guess the bottom line is this. I'm really expecting, not for like hype or like anything to change overnight or anything like that, but over the next months and years, I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. Genesis 18 verse 3 where they say to God, don't pass us by. Don't pass us by. We've tried to do church in our own strength. 
We've tried to bring hope to the people of East London in our own strength. And you know, it's okay. We've seen God do amazing things over the last few years. But what would it look like if we gave Jesus the driving seat of our little car and said, come on, Lord, you lead us now. Come. When we gather on a Sunday for church, rather than singing songs, why don't we open our hearts before God and meet with Jesus in a powerful way? Why don't we just like start to, to really get on our knees for God to move? We're not seeking revival. If you do that, you get hype, performance, and works. But if you seek Jesus, you get revival thrown in for free. And I've got to be honest with you, I've seen God begin to do some stuff over the last, since, like we were talking with some leaders earlier today, we gathered some of our leaders to pray, and um, we're seeing across church since January a real move that started already. People coming to faith, God doing amazing things, the services have been overflowing, like something's already started. And, and like hands up, you've seen God start to move in your life since Christmas, okay? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Come on, you know, I was terrified I got on the plane. I, was, I cried all the way home. I felt like, oh, don't leave me, Lord. I walked into church this morning and I snotty cried at the front. I was like, he was here all along. I just hadn't stopped to pay attention to Jesus. So here are quick, three, three quick things um, that I feel in this moment we need to do. The first is to prepare the way. Prepare the way for the Lord. Uh, get your heart right. Build foundations we want to go for this. We want to normalize meeting with the presence of God and hunger and expectation because there's no other plan B, really. That's the only thing that's going to work. Second thing is, is to pray. And I want to encourage you to get hungry for prayer. Like we're going to pray for revival, not because that's what we're going after, because when we go after a renewal and a, the power of the Spirit and an awakening our generation, we're going to need to learn to pray differently. And we pray for like, you know, the agenda, the diary of the church, the things that are on our horizon. Hey, we've got focus coming up. Let's pray that people would come to focus. It's exhausting. Let's see God's face. Let's get on our knees to the church. You know, let's start to meet together to pray. When we do Kingdom Come, we're doing Kingdom Come in 10 days' time. I, I want you to cancel your plans and come so that we would rend the heavens, tear open the heavens that God would come and pour out his power in this generation. And we, Rachel, um, Rachel, why don't you stand? Um, Rachel helps lead our prayer room that meets here. Um, and um, we're going to meet to pray 7 to 8 a.m. on Thursday mornings in the little chapel there. Um, it's already pretty full. If it gets any fuller, we'll have to move it. But if you can make it just 7 to 8 on your way to work or get up early, set your alarm clock and come and pray. It's a start. Or pray on your own. Set your, um, your heart to prayer in this season. And if you don't know how to pray, join the club. We're going to learn. Second thing. The third thing that we want to go after is the presence of God. I've been involved in church for about 25 years now. I've seen a move of God that swept through the church in the 90s. And I believe that move of God was about power. It restored the power of God to the church in a fresh way. This feels very different. I think this is a move of the Spirit that's going to restore the presence of God, the presence of Jesus to the churches. And I can't wait. I, I want that. We, we need to turn away from the stuff that we know is wrong. If you want to experience God's presence, you can tonight. But there's a catch. You've got to repent. You've got to turn away from the stuff that you know is wrong. You've got to make your heart right before God. And no one can force you to do that. No one can drag you to the foot of the cross. You've got to choose. 
And so practice the presence of God. Like, learn to linger. Let's, as a church, over the next months and years, develop a culture where we don't expect the show to carry on. We tune our hearts to become aware of the presence of God. Okay? And that's going to take time because we're sinful people. We're not always in the place where we're ready. So we're going to need to keep on repenting. So with this, I come into land. Jesus has been here all along. He's here tonight. He's with you if you're watching online. He loves you. He died for you on a cross. Even if you're in the depths of despair, if you're a young person, you've been through absolute hell, you don't need to stay there. Heaven is available because Jesus died and rose for you because he loves you. And there are people here tonight in this room who don't yet know Jesus. If you're honest with yourself. And you don't have to leave like that. There are people here tonight and you felt like it's been nominal in your life. You've not really walked with Jesus lately. And tonight that can change. There are people here tonight you've been asleep spiritually. And Jesus is saying, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. The light of Jesus is going to shine on you tonight. There are people here tonight and you felt really broken. Jesus is calling you to come as you are tonight, to put the mask away. It's a safe place. We're going to turn the camera off in a bit. It's not a broadcast. I'm in two minds about even live streaming our services, I'm honest, because I don't want us to feel ever that we're having to perform or do anything. So at some point, could you guys at the back on the live stream just point the camera at the ceiling? And What? Oh, it was about to drop off. <laughs> My bottle was going to go. Thank you. Um, can, I, can I give it to you? Great catch. Yeah, you get a clap for that. And there are others here tonight, and you know that there's stuff in your life that you need to repent of. And you know that God is a holy God. And he's kind, and this kindness leads to repentance. And I want to just encourage you to make your life right tonight. If you're watching online or if you're in the room tonight, to not miss this moment. Because moments, let me tell you, don't come along. Waves of the Holy Spirit, like what we're going to see break over the UK in the months ahead, don't come along often. It's been 25 years. We have been crying out for you guys, just so you know, for 25 years, for God to do something in our generation that would meet people, bring them home. And don't miss it because you're busy looking at your phone. Because that will be a tragedy when you get to heaven at the end of your days. All right? I'm going to pray for you. And um, I want to start by inviting people. And again, cameras, can I be, um, can I be uh, I don't know, team, thank you so much for live streaming. We love you so much. But um, what I'm going to ask that we do is you zoom right in on my face so that everyone has a private moment. Is that all right? I don't know how you do it, but um, snotty crying Al is your... Um, <laughs> is your, your, what you're going to get to look at. Just so that everyone in the room doesn't feel like it's a thing, all right? If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, but you want to know Jesus, 
I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to him tonight. If you're here tonight and you've been walking with Jesus, but it's been really nominal and you need to come and recommit your life to Jesus tonight and walk away from compromise and kind of dead, empty religion, I'm going to ask you to respond in a moment as well. And what I'm going to ask both of those categories to do is a moment of commitment. And I'm going to make it hard for you. This won't be the hardest thing you do in your life following Jesus, but we're going to make it relatively hard because I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand up where you are. And everyone else around you is going to pray for you. And it might be awkward, and that's okay. Jesus died on a cross for awkward. That'll do. I want to encourage you tonight, if you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus, if you're here and you need to recommit your life to Jesus, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to stand. And you'll know who you are. It might be one person, but please don't miss this moment. Okay, one, two, three, stand. Guys, thank you. Let's wait a moment. Sometimes when people are brave, it gives you permission to be brave. Like I went bungee jumping once with my friend. I was like, I pushed him off first. And when I saw that he didn't die, I was like, I've got courage. (laughs) I want to give you a second chance. If you're here tonight and you want to recommit your life to God, why don't you stand now? Be brave. Let the courage of others be your bungee. Go. I don't want anyone to miss out. Great, I see you guys. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. If you're online, I can't see you, but I'm sure you're there. We'll pray for you too. Okay, what I'd love is everyone around these men and women who are standing, will you stretch out a hand towards them? We're going to pray for you guys. That's it. Adopt somebody. And I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite you guys to echo it out loud if that's okay. You're going to say it out loud after me. And it goes, thank you, sorry, please. So here you go. Just I'm going to say it. You say it under your breath if you want to. But let's close our eyes. And if you're watching online, you can do the same thing. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that your blood has set me free. I thank you that the enemy has no power over my life anymore. I thank you that I'm a new creation. Sorry. I'm sorry for all the things I've got wrong. Would you come and lead me to repentance? And guys, just in a moment, a stillness right now, we're going to wait for a couple of minutes. And for those who are standing, just talk to God in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud, but confess your sins to him.
Bible tells us that those who sow in tears will reap in joy. A broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. And if that's you, God is meeting with you. So those who are standing, let's continue to again echo this in your heart. We're going to say, please, please would you come and fill me? I welcome you, Holy Spirit, tonight. Take my life and lead me on. And then in a moment, what I'm going to ask that we do is we say, um, in Jesus' name, amen together. And what I want to encourage us, you know, it says in the Bible that when one sinner repents, when one person who's got it wrong turns and gets it right with Jesus, all of heaven like explodes. They like get out the boop, boop, like klaxon horn, the, the like the place erupts, the angels party, they open the champagne. And as a church, we've forgotten the joy of our salvation. And so what I want you to do is not leave me hanging here, but in a moment, we're going to say amen together. And these guys are going to say amen to what they've prayed. And I want you to go nuts, okay? I want you to break the live stream, okay, with the joy of welcoming what God has done tonight. People tonight have chosen to give their lives to Jesus the first time. People have come back home for the first time. And God is going to do amazing things through your lives. And so um, why don't we say in Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, guys. Let's all stand. If you're next to someone who stood up, give them a hug. Just stand up. Let's all stand wherever you are. We're going to stand together. Um, if you're with your friend and they stood up, you can give them a hug. Um, that's great. Let's stand if you can. Um, so what I'm going to ask that we do is um, we're going to carry on and we're all going to have a chance just to respond to what God's doing. Um, Kaz, why don't you come back up and um, we'll worship in a moment. But, but just before we kind of start, don't play yet. Let's just wait. Um, what I'm going to ask that we do is, is I want to give everyone here a chance to walk in like repentance, I guess, to make themselves right with God and to receive God's love and forgiveness tonight. And I know that's really important. Um, so um, some of you here tonight, you're already weeping and that's just the Holy Spirit meeting with you. But some of us have to get rid of some stuff in our lives. It's that there is, for some it might be apathy, for some it might be a numbness that has come through the pain of the last four or five years. Some of you here tonight, you just like, there's, there's stuff that's hidden in your life that you need to give to Jesus tonight. It, it may be, you, you know, you can delete your browser history but God sees, and his repentance, you know, his kindness is what leads us to repentance, okay? And, and that's something that Jesus wants to meet with you tonight. Don't walk out of here with your secrets. Walk out of here with his spirit filling you. He'll help change everything, okay? So what I'm going to ask you to do, we're making this up as we go along a little bit, but I love our ministry team. If you're on the sort of staff, like, of, the, of like, if you're like the vicars, that's like three of us, unless you're being prayed for. Some of us are praying for, some of us are getting wrecked here. That's okay. Just, just, you keep being prayed for. Um, I guess if you're on the hosting team or you lead a connect group or you're on like leading on alpha um, or you've been around the block and you know how to pray, um, would you just come to the front right now? Come. Great. Could you come in the middle, guys? Just, just um, yeah, come right to the middle. That's it. And I'd love you just to sp spread out a little bit. And, and, and we, we, you guys are going to be prayer, like at Sainsbury's or like M&S, Bougie M&S. In, 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 in like, um, you know, they have like the quick sandwich checkouts where you can go and like self-scan. 
what these guys are tonight, they're going to be places you can go and you can repent. You can get someone to pray for you. You can say, I've got something I need to get rid of. Or you can just say, look, would you just pray for me? You don't, you don't need to pray anything out loud. Nobody is forced to do anything. There's no need to hype up the Holy Spirit. He's doing stuff already. Um, but if you want, I, I do think it's important. James, in the book of James, it says, if we confess and repent, God is able to, faithful to heal and set us free. And so that's what sometimes happens when we come and we just say, I just need to get this off my chest. But in your heart, you can do it. You don't need to do it out loud unless you'd like to. Um, so what I'm going to ask that we do is um, we're going to continue worshipping a little bit. And there's going to be no close to the service tonight. So live streamers, I guess just whenever the like Zoom call runs out, you know, you just, you drop off. Um, but um, those who are in the room tonight, we're going to set aside some space tonight just to worship and to meet. And we'll carry on next Sunday. And there's the Sunday after that. And there's connect groups and there's Alpha and all the good stuff. But this is where we're heading as a church is we want to know Jesus more. And um, what I'm going to ask that we do is if, if those who stood, by the way, if you could start, if you stood up and responded, would you be brave and come and let someone pray with you and just pray for you? Maybe they need to help ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. So why don't you guys come right now if you're one of those who stood. But there are others here, and I know there's a few people here tonight, and there's like, a, you need to get stuff off your chest. There's a burning, like you need to get right with God. You might want to come and kneel or come and be at the front and get someone to pray with you. And so um, we're going to do that, and we're going to worship while we do this. Um, and just come and grab me. Come and grab one of the team here. And by the way, if you're like, I feel nothing, like I, I, this means nothing to me. That's okay. Like we got a lifetime of figuring out what it means to know Jesus, and then we got a heaven where we get to see him face to face. So don't worry. There's no top pressure. Um, you just be yourself, okay? Um, but we're just going to make space for God to do what He wants to do. Is that all right? Is everyone okay? Just not if you're still okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, let me pray. Father, we just thank you that you're here and you love us. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Fill your people. Pray for people as they're meeting with you right now and all around the room, people are meeting with him as we worship you. Give us the fear of the Lord again. Help us get right with you. And as we worship you, Jesus, would you teach us to worship like never before? Teach us to pray like never before. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.